0: Hey buddy lawyers, welcome to the podcast. Today we have with us Mr. Rohit Jain. Hi Rohit. Hi Prasanna. Yeah, so Rohit is an associate member of the Institute of Company Secretaries of India, a legal counsel and a journalist working at the Bloomberg Quint. You may have seen many journalists having a legal background. So how is this career option for lawyers? Let's dig more into this uh, with our guest Mr. Rohit Jain in this episode so rohit first uh, tell us why did you choose journalism i mean you were working for deloitte as a company secretary there uh, so what made you switch to journalism so i'll just
1: uh, start introducing myself uh, because that will help you understand why i switched into journalism so uh, i if you see if you go through my linkedin profile also and people tell this to me a lot that i have done like all kinds of education. So my educational background is quite varied. And so uh, the same thing happens with my work also. So I started out uh, my career with Deloitte Consulting India Private Limited, which is basically uh, a large company in Hyderabad. I joined there as a CS trainee and then I completed my entire uh, uh, CS training over there. I got my membership and I was working as a uh, in their legal, uh, the office of general counsel, that is the legal team. So I had worked over there for like four, four and a half years. And that was like a broad uh, or a a very long stint by today's terms. So after working over there, I thought uh, it's time to diversify. So I should go into something which I'm good at so one thing i knew for sure that uh, i'm good in legal writing and i'm also good in understanding things so that's how i thought that i should shift into legal journalism and what happened during that time is if you see between 2010 to 2015 a lot of uh, i won't say they started out but a lot of web portals like bar and bench and live law became more popular became more mainstream because uh, see as india developed into a, a like uh, India started developing, a lot of people became started becoming aware about uh, Supreme Court. They wanted to know more about that. So, although Bar and Bench and LiveLaw both of these portals started a bit before that, but they became more mainstream in this time. So that's how I got. Uh, I also got attracted to legal legal writing or. Uh, kind of a thing. So uh, what I was doing during my education was that I was writing a lot on CA Club India, which is a good uh, web portal for chartered accountants and upcoming company secretaries. So there I saw that a lot of my articles were uh, getting good attention, good comments. (laughs) And when we say good comments, they were also bad comments also. So yeah that's both there but, but 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 they were getting hit so i i at least knew that i understand what's the pulse of the market and what people like reading and what people don't like reading so that's how i got a basic understanding that um, okay chalo i am good at writing so I was waiting for the right opportunity, and then this opening at Bloomberg Quint came up. So I just thought, if it works for me, then it will be a good opportunity. So that's how I came into legal journalism. There was no pre-planned thing as such, because uh, see, uh, at the start of your career, if you uh, there are two kind of people. One are like who are very good at planning their career, and they just move as per a proper plan. And then there are other kind of people who just on to the next opportunity so uh, for me uh, the start was very good well planned i started out uh, with a very good company but after that i just wanted to diversify i wanted to try new things so th- that's how i uh, dabbled into legal journalism so i tried uh, i was working uh, i quite successfully worked in my uh, stint at deloitte after four to five years I, then i thought that like, it's time to diversify so that's why uh, that's how i entered into the
0: world of journalism So according to you, you are a mix of uh, two types of people you told, right? Yeah, no more than that. In fact, (laughs) you can,
1: you know, a lot of I have faced these questions, like I have been at the firing range in many interviews and depending on who is interviewing me, like people just go through my CV and they say, what were you doing at the start of your career? So I just tell them, sir, it's up to you. You decide, like you, you try to guess uh, what I have done with my career and then you take a call. So that's
0: how it is. Like, I, I I don't want, I don't argue basically on that. No, and one must not. Even my <laughs> profile is somewhat like that. Uh, I started as a lawyer, then I went to YouTube. Now I am into multimedia. <laughs> so things happen. Yeah, but, you
1: anyway. are su- but, but, uh, but we are all successful in whatever fields we are working. So that's how someone should should see that rather than digging through the past. Like what? What one was doing 10 years back because see even in uh today's parlance anything on your cv which is more than five years old is basically irrelevant that's how the world is changing very fast
0: so, yeah exactly and, that's how people think, and the, it depends uh why you are doing it if you have a clear answer to that you can go anywhere whatever you want to do right that why is very yeah important. and in fact, even if my answer is not unclear, one
1: see one should see. Uh, like, let's say, uh, I have done a XYZ degree, which was like totally unrelated to what was I what I was doing before that. But the end result of that is that I have got some knowledge. I have got got a degree. exactly so, exactly. Like,
0: that will not go uh, waste anywhere, wherever so you that, go. Yep, exactly. So okay, so not digging more into that. Uh, let's move on to our next question. Uh, what Is legal journalism and how is it much difference between uh, legal journalism and journalism?
1: So uh, I'll say, uh, let's say legal journalism is is like any other kind of journalism. So if you see the history of journalism, uh, first there was only print media and then came this entire digital wave, websites, internet and everything. So in the last uh, 8 to 10 years, what has happened is that uh, there are new avenues opening up in journalism also. So a lot of new things came up. So I will not say this is something new, but legal journalism also became a bit popular in uh, recently, like in last 10 to 15 years, because see, uh, especially in uh, corporate, uh, what you call corporate uh, law or uh, legal journalism mainly pertains to both. Uh, the one re- which relates to common man, that is civil law, criminal law as well as corporate law. So I can speak more on the uh, corporate side because I cover more of corporate uh, uh, more of the changes in the uh, corporate world. So uh, I, I won't say it's anything different. Uh, it's only that you deal with uh, companies and things that impact the corporate sector as well as uh, taxation, and other things. So these are more not to do more with the day-to-day issues that a common man faces, but that has more to do with uh, corp- on the corporate side. But that said, there are a lot of things like a lot of things take place at the Supreme Court level that affect each and every common man as well as in the high court. So I'll say legal journalism is a big mix, mix of both depending on what, what you are presently emphasizing on, it can be both on uh, issues that pertain to common man as well as issues which pertain to the corporate side. So legal journalism is just like any other uh, side of journalism. But uh, it has to do, someone should have a legal understanding to basically step into the world of legal journalism. That's how. Other than that, there is no difference between uh, like say covering a beat. So that's the technical word that people use in journalism. So if there is any topic or any sector that you cover, that's called as a beat. So for example, if you are covering an infrastructure sector, you should know in and outs of the infrastructure sector. Similarly, in the legal sector, you should know everything. So if you are told that you are going to track all the cases at NCLT, it's not that if you are covering a banking company or if you are covering an infrastructure company, if you are covering the legal bit, you should know the entire spectrum of laws that you are given to deal with. So that's how legal journalism is. It's entirely similar to
0: to any other form of journalism, but it has its own certain peculiarities. Yeah. And uh, by by knowing in and out, I think you are saying that you must know uh the complete hierarchy how things work practically there and like that yes yes
1: so uh let's say uh, someone from a uh, legal background comes into it then that comes in handy for him so hmm. like for example if i was a practicing lawyer working for two to three years and then i join a uh, a company where, as a legal journalist then it it's quite easy for me The challenge lies uh, for a person who is uh, not from a legal background for him he takes some time to learn the intricacies of how things work in a court what what an interim order means what an interim injunction means but i think if a, a person is like fairly dedicated to his work and is like has a good grasping power It's not a challenge for anyone to step into the uh, the world of legal journalism. The only thing is that one should be very, very careful about what he does, because unlike other matters, one cannot be inaccurate or wrong when it comes to uh, legal reporting. It has to be very accurate, otherwise it has a lot of uh, side effects also. So one has to be very accurate. That's the
0: most important thing in uh, legal journalism. So, uh, you were also, before the uh, pandemic, you were also reporting judgments and all from Supreme Court and High Court?
1: So, uh, basically, I am based out of Mumbai. So, I was primarily tasked with reporting on the corporate or uh, big high profile matters in the High Court, NCLT, Securities Appellate Tribunal and the Income Tax Appellate Tribunal. So, these were the forums that
0: I was covering. So you used to visit those courts also, right? Yes.
1: So uh, I was just coming to that. Uh, The best part of uh, legal reporting is that you get to visit the courts and uh, during some time in the nclt especially there were some on a daily basis on a daily basis on a daily basis especially mm-hmm. last year because the insolvency and bankruptcy code a lot of new i uh 2018 and 19 i had stepped into the world of journalism in may 2019 so post 2000 may 2019 i can uh, like talk very accurately about that a lot of uh, new cases came up uh, relating to insolvency company law as well as corporate disputes. so uh Especially in some months uh, d- during like uh, say June, July, August and September the courtrooms were like totally packed in NCLT. So like it was that crazy sometimes and there you had to be in a packed room uh, taking down notes and standing for long hours because arguments sometimes can go on the entire day depending upon the, uh, mm. what kind of case is there. So I was…
0: And also depending upon the judge. <laughs> yes
1: so a lot of uh, a lot of uh, time in fact uh, i'll say 60% of a journalist's time who works on uh, who reports on courts prior to the pandemic prior to this entire uh, video conferencing thing came up it was entirely spent in courts and sometimes there are uh, like say uh, there is a lunch break or maybe some other important case comes up or there is mentioning of matters sometimes in the high court so that somewhat delays the closure of the day so one has to be very patient when it comes to court reporting you have to stand there a lot and uh, take down notes because at the end of the day you have to file a story and uh, if if it's, if a if a case is in an, is in the argument phase then you have to pick up the good lines that make a good story because no one likes read, uh, no one likes to read a boring story so you have to and uh, the the main principle is uh, the principle of accuracy so you cannot be vague or add spice to what has been said in the said in the court because you might have heard how uh, the supreme court has sometimes said that whatever is being said in the court is uh, not what is being reported so one has to be like very uh accurate in what is being reported in the court and uh, not to add any word of your own so i used to take uh, one has to and uh, because mobiles are not allowed inside the court uh, one has to write them on diaries or uh, sheets of paper so one has to be very careful about uh, listening properly one should have good listening skills and one should have good uh, writing skills also and fast writing okay.
0: yeah and the good listening skills is very important because in those courts, uh, most, of, most of the courts don't have the mics. And uh, where the mics are available in the high courts and Supreme so Court, many judges don't even use those mics. So, yeah, it, so but, one can barely hear that what yeah, the judge is saying.
1: Yeah, sometimes, no, there is a reason behind that because uh, sometimes. Uh, they may want to discuss something confidential. But of course, they can. Uh, so, each each court
0: or each uh, of the judges has their own style, so maybe. But that's quite because uh, interns or people uh, who are not near to the bench of the judge, mm. the, in the courtroom, they are standing somewhere behind. Uh, near the, they are barely able to hear anything and what's going on. Uh, many people are even quite sleepy while the arguments are going on. I think that is one reason. So uh, one of the most important
1: factor, uh, at least in the high courts, is that uh, some of the division benches have a press, uh, a press section. So, it's basically a dedicated uh, kind of a partition which is uh, near to the judge so that you can hear what is being said. But despite that, uh, the other issue is like uh, if you go to Bombay High Court, the building is like huge and the courtrooms Mm. are like uh, the height of a courtroom is like around 40 to 50 feet. So, there is like a good chance that the sound spreads and you you may not be able, able to hear it. So, that's how it works. But if you are attentive enough and if you know Broadly what is being argued, understanding what is being argued is the most important thing and one can only understand it if he pays proper attention right from day one. So it's not a lazy person's work to do court reporting at least I believe in that principle because when I used to go to courts, uh, even if I knew that uh, this argument won't go into my story, I used to take a note of it because someone makes a counter argument against that which can be of reference to me. So I should at least know what is being said in what context. So.
0: That's how you have to be
1: like very attentive uh, during the court arguments.
0: What did you do if you missed a point or statement made by a counsel?
1: That's very that's very challenging. Uh, if 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 it was a material thing, then I used to always uh, cross check with both the parties. But if it wasn't material to the case, then I would just skip reporting on that because uh, it's better to skip something rather than uh, report it uh, incorrectly. So I would skip or otherwise yeah. it's uh, get uh, cross check it with other journalists as well as uh, check it with both sides. So that's the easiest thing. Uh, sometimes you get a response from the arguing councils. Most of the times, in fact, all, all of them are very friendly, very helpful. That's the beauty of this profession. But uh, apart from that, but one, one has to make contacts. That takes time. So one learns a lot on the field. Uh, do, do, and the best thing about the uh, court reporting is that if you like doing field work, nothing is better than going to a court every day. Because, uh, see, there are two, two... So when you visit a courtroom, so if one matter is listed at, say, uh, 10.30 a.m. and the other matter is listed at 2 p.m. Uh, in between that you so one must not waste time when you go to the court you have to talk to a lot of people talk to the people in registry talk to the people talk to the lawyers talk to the people over there understand what kind of things are going on because sometimes see when the for journalists it is important to talk with people when you talk with people you understand what are the things going on because everything won't come on the on your home screen like there are certain things that you have to talk with people and you you only the more you talk the more you understand and the wide variety of stories you get is when you open up yourself so talking is very important in
0: journalism you have to talk to people hmm right right okay so we know that uh, as legal reporters you have to visit courts every day and you know take down notes from uh, the whatever matters are going on and report it but apart from that what was the daily schedule how what things you do you used to do uh, daily how uh, your office work used to uh, be you know planned and all how was that so see uh, first of all if you
1: are in uh, mumbai one has to start early because you know how the local transport is in mumbai <laughs> right, if you right. if you get late uh, you will have to go through the crowd and uh, say if a matter is listed at 10:30 a.m or if it is listed high on the board say f- at serial number 4 or 5 uh, you you don't know basically what matter will be adjourned what will be kept back and what matter will come at what time so the only way to ensure all of this is that to be there in time and so if a court uh, say a, a case is listed at serial number 3 in the morning so you have to reach there at 10:30 so I, I i used to take a local from Gatkopper at that time in mumbai so you can understand, if you want to go from Ghat Koper, you have to get down at Dadar, then change your uh, line and then again go to CST and then walk to the High Court. So one has to start very early in the morning. And sometimes what happens is, see, you are not uh, so, uh, as a proactive journalist, If even if you have been given a bid, say, you will be in charge of tracking all the activities in the uh, court that are located in the city of Mumbai. but one should not limit oneself to only that particular territory. So what I used to do is I also, even today I do that. So I also follow a lot of cases at the Supreme Court and the Delhi High Court because uh, these are the courts uh, that where a lot of commercial matters take up. Like especially arbitration matters, if you want to track, there is no other court than the Delhi High Court that one should track on a daily basis. So Delhi High Court, Karnataka High Court, Telangana High Court, Supreme Court, and the Bombay High Court. These four high courts stay on my radar quite a lot. So, sometimes if you get up early in the morning, you have to also check uh, check the daily orders that these courts have given. Because most of the time, see, uh, for example, IT companies, they are based out of Bangalore and Hyderabad. A lot of them have head offices in Bangalore and Hyderabad. So, if, if, if it's a large listed company that uh, is involved in some kind of litigation, It may be that you will have to also track those cases and uh, if you have to report on that, you have to check the daily orders or if there is any case that you are missing out on. So, uh, early in the morning when I wake up, in fact, every day, even today, I check all the daily orders on these courts. And sometimes you have to also check regulators like, say, Insolvency and Bankruptcy Board of India, uh, SEBI because I also report on regulatory development. So if there is any change in the listing regulations, material change in the listing regulations, I will also have to do an explainer on that. So uh, I, in fact, I at least three to four times in the day, I uh, check the MCA website, IBBI website, SEBI website, NFRA website, because a lot of action is also taking place in the, on the auditor's front. So I, I, you have to basically check the entire spectrum of things. Sometimes I also check CIC website, Central Information uh, Commission, so CIC and uh, even ITAT. So a lot of litigation, anything that pertains to uh, corporate India, you never know. Uh, The more websites you visit, like the same thing, like the more you talk, the more information you get. Similarly, the more websites you visit, the more things that you will get. So last time, there were a lot of changes with respect to uh, the consumer law in August and uh, September last year. So for that front, I was visiting the Ministry of Consumer Affairs a lot, the website. So that's how it is. So at the start of the day, you have to check the daily orders and uh, check what's the cause list. Sometimes cause lists are not even updated uh, in some of the forums. Sometimes, this is not like a daily thing, but sometimes the cause list may not be even updated. And based on what the cause list is, you have to decide. Because, see, if you are the alone reporter for a particular city, there were, there have been instances where uh, a matter came up at the same time in NCLT as well as the Bombay High Court, or sometimes even three uh, at three different forums. So, at that time, you don't have any other option but to skip one of them. So, you have to um, take your own judgment on the basis of what particular stage of case is in like if there are just arguments going on then maybe say you can sk- skip a case and go to the other one which is more relevant so it all depends and uh, sometimes you can uh, like ask people uh, over there if i missed out on anything so that's how your day begins and uh, so apart from court reporting i also do a lot of feature stories feature stories is anything other than news stories like say if there is an amendment in the if there is any new GST circular, or if the Competition Commission of India has passed any order, or say, uh, so the last story that I worked on was relating to GST audits. The GST department is issuing a lot of notices under Section 65 of the CGST Act for initiating departmental audit. So how do you come to know about all these things? You have to speak with tax professionals. So that's how it works. You have to uh, assimilate information. You have to pick out the most relevant Aspect out of that, and you have to take a judgment call. You have to discuss it with your editor and uh, try to tell them that this is relevant from XYZ perspective, and then frame it into a story in, in a simple manner that
0: people understand. So that's how it works. Hmm. So, how are you working now uh, during the pandemic? I mean, uh, there are quotes, uh, some quotes are open, but some quotes are not yet uh, completely uh, open and working fully. So uh, how are you working nowadays so if i can be
1: like uh to be honest uh, last four or five months have been uh, a bit slow in terms of uh news flow out of courts but at the start of the pandemic i'll say uh, i can tell you the exact time frame from uh, april to july the news flow was quite good because there were a lot of cases with respect to Uh, force majeure and other provisions under the Indian Contract Act etc etc so a lot of judgments were coming up post July the news flow out of courts has somewhat slowed down so that's where you uh, try to balance it out by doing more kind of non-news stories that is the feature stories so you have to talk with people or you have to just think uh, apply your own thinking like let's say there was an uh, the government they revised the MSME threshold that is the micro small and medium industries the government after a long time like 10 to 15 after a span of 10 to 15 years they increase the span of what uh, particular enterprise can be classified as a micro small or medium industry so uh, if one is well read enough because i i am from the legal side i knew that there is a provision in the msme act that says that uh, uh, if a company defaults in uh, making payments to msme vendors beyond a particular period then the company which defaults on its payments will have to pay penal interest at a certain rate, which is like very high. So the natural story that comes out of this is that if the the revision in definition of the uh, MSME thresholds will benefit small businesses. So that's how I did a story. And that was like very quick story. So that's how you try to relate things. Like if there is an amendment, how does it impact corporate India? How does it uh, impact common person? How does it impact Ease of doing business in India. There are a lot of uh, sites that you can, like pull out. Uh, you can pull out of a
0: legal uh, happening that comes up. So. Hmm. So you were saying that after July, the news flow reduced. Any specific reason for that? So uh, a lot of news flow. Uh,
1: you can see in the NCLT uh, went down because you know this. Uh, the, there was a suspension of IBC for a period of six months, and a lot of uh, cases that we were reporting on last year, like a lot of large insolvency matters they uh, reached some somewhat final stage so like i, I won 't take any i won 't mention any name, but most of the m- most important matters that were there under the Ibc, they were at the final stage of resolution, so when they near the final stage of resolution. It, it's just an approval process in the courts so uh, the news flows I, I won't say it slowed down but it changed like uh, earlier we used to report a, uh, like in, uh, most out of 2000 like mostly in 2019 a lot of uh, reporting was done b- being done with respect to sat uh, the securities appellate tribunal and nclt then this year the ball shifted back to the High Court because a lot of commercial matters went back to the High Court. Earlier it was uh, in NCLT because the entire so corporate litigation it comes out of only Companies Act or the SEBI um, related rules and regulations. So it is either SAT or NCLT that, the, uh, that we were reporting last year. But uh, once this uh, lot of commercial disputes started taking place due to this pandemic then the ball shifted back to the High Court. And then after that, it normalized. So there is like up and down in the uh, legal flow. So like some people are saying that maybe next year, uh, at the start of the next year, one can uh, like court reporters will be again very much busy. So mm-hmm. that's how, that's what I'm listening from people or from lawyers, because I talk to lawyers a lot. So they are saying that, okay if there has been a lull in past few days let's wait for next next quarter you you will get a lot of uh, commercial litigation at that time so yeah and it's not it's uh, just and it's also it's also see sometimes what happens is uh, so reporting uh, what a reader wants to read a reader will want to read like for example if you are an investor in say in xyz company and if there is a code related news relating to that xyz company then you will read it so sometimes if there is no news pertaining to that company then maybe you won't report on that bit so mm. at that time you you have to pitch in the other aspect that is the non news stories like think about stories which are like uh, what uh, there are different words for that but you can call it as a feature story or a long long term story so like right now the trending topic are labor laws Like everyone is affected. If you are working in a company, you will also be affected. I will also be affected. The common man on the street will be affected. And uh, it's like for the first time in last 60 years that these new labor laws have come up. So you can, uh, the more you read labor laws, the more you talk to people, you will understand, okay, this has changed. So let's make a story. And it's a long process. You have to research a lot. You have to read a lot,
0: but uh, it's fun. (laughs) Okay. So what skills do you think are uh, good to have uh, to become a good legal journalist
1: so i'll say the core skill that uh, one should have it all depends on what side of journalism you're going into like uh, there uh, basically in terms of journalism there are uh, two broad heads that you can classify journalism into one is print journalism and the second is uh, video or news journalism i can only talk about the print side of it or the digital side of it or the what you call written medium of it because i'm more into that so for a person who wants to get into print journalism or digital journalism the most important thing is writing skills because uh, if you are joining as a journalist no one would teach no one is expected to teach you and no one would teach you how to write that you can do during your internship, but there are certain inherent skills that one should have. Otherwise, uh, so the most important skill that one should have is writing. And when I say writing, it like sometimes uh, if you are fresh out of your law school, or like say if you are a CS graduate, uh, CS member or professional, so what happens with them is that they are good at writing what we, what we can broadly say as academic uh, writing. They are good at academic writing, they are good in writing papers, legal research papers, and that's a very important skill one should have. But uh, when it comes to legal writing and legal journalism, the principal thing is that you should write and you should be able to write things that a common man understands. So, the purpose of legal journalism is that you have to simplify things that are very complicated in nature. Otherwise, say, Like if there is a 20-page judgment, everyone can read that. But why won't people read that? Because they don't understand it or they don't have the time to do that. So the thing is that you have to explain it to them and that can be only achieved if you are good in writing. So writing is the most important and the primary skill that one should have. First, second is, uh, and equally important is because this is legal journalism, you should uh, have understanding of uh, reading judgments. Uh, you should have understanding of interpreting laws because see there are uh, and again in legal journalism there are just court reporters who report on day day in day out on uh, courts and there are reporters like me who write on both court matters as well as non-court matters so for people who have a wider gamut of uh, or, or a wider area that you have to cover you also need to understand uh, laws and for that you have to read so uh one must read a judgment, one should have uh, the understanding of uh, reading a judgment and interpreting it so that uh, and it comes it's not rocket science or something. Uh, If one is good and one is sincere, then I think it will it will be very easy for him. But uh, so two most important skills are understanding, uh, understanding the law and second is uh, writing skills. And uh, when I come to say writing skills, uh, see there are certain standards that different media organizations follow. Each one has their own style, like uh, no two persons can write uh, even a small instance or a s- small incident in a very similar manner. There will, everyone has his own style of writing, everyone has his own uh, things that he will concentrate on. So and everyone is good at that. Everyone has his own uh, a, a point of view towards a particular thing. The main important thing in uh, legal writing is what I'll say is that uh, you should be able to have a, uh, have an understanding how to provide a proper flow to your story. Like your story should start, it should come to a uh, height and then it should conclude. So there should be a proper flow to the story and this all you achieve over a period of time it's not like you join and in the first month itself uh, your story will uh, be good sometimes even when i uh, write something when i write an article and when it gets published and the second day when i read it i can think i can think of it in a better way so there is no perfect story as such you ha- you can always better yourself so i will say broadly two uh, important skills that a uh, person aspiring to be a legal journalist should have is that uh, legal writing and understanding. And for that, reading is very important. One cannot be lazy. The more you read, the more uh, easy it becomes for you. And when I'm saying reading, it's not just uh, court related material. You can read articles on what other journalists write because uh, if you see, if you read columns in newspapers and if you read uh, long long form articles, there you can see because uh, what people generally tell in journalism is that attention span of people is not more than one minute when when you read on a mobile device. So if Mm. you want to retain a reader's attention, you should be able to write in such a fluid manner that the person is tempted to scroll down more than two or three times so that he reads your entire story. And just to make that story, you can spend like like a long time in just writing a five-minute story. So that's how it goes. So you have to write, 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 read, 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 read and then combine it into the best form. So that's the only thing. Uh, and uh, a la- lot of people may also pose a question like, do you need a mass communication degree to be in uh, legal journalism? I'll say that will be a good thing, but if you don't have it, it does not mean that you cannot come into journalism. Because there are a lot of people I know who are from pure legal background or who don't have a, ma- a mass comm degree. Even I don't have a mass communication degree, but I think I am doing well for myself. So that that you can conclude very easily
0: yeah right and also one more skill which you said earlier is the listening skills i think that we must add here in the list
1: yes, yeah and uh, listening skill is both uh in the courts as well as when you talk to people for getting their views so at that time also you should not misquote a person so generally mm-hmm. uh, in journalism, you prefer, prefer written quotes, but sometimes experts or say senior counsels, they are all busy. So you have to talk with them and then paraphrase what they say. So there also your listening skills are
0: like very important. Right, right. So uh, I was just imagining whatever you are saying. So uh, have you faced like some challenges while reporting such thing or taking some bites? Uh, what, what were the challenges? Can you uh, give some examples? So I remember my first day of journalism
1: was uh, I was reporting a case in the Securities appellate tribunal and that uh, case was in like midway. It was, it, so the best thing is if you uh, track any case right from day one, then you know which side is representing whom and uh, who is saying what that you can do very easily. But uh, my first day of work as a journalist or as a reporter, I went to the Securities Appellate Tribunal for reporting on a case, and I, 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 for the first ten to fifteen minutes, I was just trying to understand who is representing whom. So <laughs> that kind of that kind of fun happens. But uh, yeah. apart that from actually that happens with see. many
0: many people who start uh, like the new lawyers or uh, interns. This uh, they face face uh, a lot and 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 there is also another
1: uh, aspect to that is sometimes there are a lot of respondents in a particular case so right. you can see a lot a lot many number of people standing so that's why i said like if you are try, uh, tracking a court case right from day one there is nothing anything better than that
0: yeah 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 <laughs> it's it's been said a lot that journalism doesn't pay you much so how much can one expect to get paid in this field? Can you just give a general idea?
1: Uh, I won't go
0: into quoting any figure because see, uh, right now the stage... No, no, figure is not uh, necessary but yeah is uh, it that true that the statement isn't that
1: true? So, I'll I'll explain you how things work. See,
0: media as a sector is just like
1: any other sector. There are some companies who have a very large operation base. There are startups. There are established names. And there are uh, names which are like on a decline, just like any other industry. Hmm. So uh, you cannot make a very broad statement that uh, media sector is like, you cannot compare, first of all, you cannot compare media with other fields because uh, there are a lot of industry specific uh, limitations also that media faces. And this is not only in India, if you see worldwide uh, media sector was not in a good shape for a long duration. So that may also be one of the reasons why uh, people have this sort of understanding that media sector does not pay well. But I will disagree with that because I know a lot of people uh, who are uh, make, uh, earning good being in the media profession. So. I, I would say that uh, media sector is like any other sector. It's not that uh, media pays less or media pays more than any other sector. At the start, there are companies who are operating uh, in a certain, uh, what you call, sphere. Like some companies are established names, some are trying to start up or some are doing very niche things. So, they uh, take some time to become uh, or to establish a brand of their own. So your pay scale will depend upon the situation, the kind of company you join, the level of uh, the position that you report to, whether you join as an editor, whether you join as a uh, camera person. So it all depends. And you cannot compare media with any other field. But I can say that for sure that after a span of time, when you spend time in media, you become an experienced professional, the salary gap between any other sector and media won't be that much. That's for sure. Because see, if uh, media has less people coming into it, then it also means that there is less supply. And beyond a point of time, uh, you cannot replace experience with uh, number of people. So there in any organization you need to have experienced people you need to have freshers and you need to have middle level management so that's how things work not only in the media sector but in any other sector so like i'll just say that uh, media at the start maybe you will uh, get paid less but after a point of time your salary gap with your colleagues or with your peers
0: won't be that much
1: hmm. provided provided that you
0: work hard <laughs> otherwise uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah that's that uh, comes without saying. Okay. So, uh, how will you guide, uh, young lawyers or law students who uh, are planning to get into legal journalism? Like any tips you want to give to them?
1: Uh, so uh, this uh, question, I get a lot of LinkedIn, uh, a lot on LinkedIn also, because, uh, LinkedIn is a good platform. So hmm. what I would say is if someone wants to get into legal journalism, the first thing is that, uh, It depends on when you think of going into legal journalism. Like, do you think it right from your first year, if you are in a five year law course, or like say, or maybe at the end of your uh, course? It all depends. Because, see, uh, if you think of entering into the world of legal journalism by your fourth or fifth year, you are better equipped to uh, think about that. Because at that point of time, you get some sort of understanding as well as maturity that is required to enter into the world of. Uh, any profession not just law so fourth and fifth year I think are more crucial by that time you understand like whether wh- where you want to go and what you want to do if someone wants to enter the world of legal journalism uh, one must as I, the same thing uh, the, that I said before is that uh, you should have a genuine interest in the legal reporting field or the law field as such so it can be in the form of uh like having a having an interest in legal developments or in what the courts say or what the government does so one must have a genuine interest into the world of legal journalism otherwise you if you enter it without any particular interest or uh, with, without any uh, particular love for it then it becomes just that you go to the courts and report you lose interest in that so the first and most important thing uh, thing that uh, one should have is a genuine uh, interest in what one is doing and the second thing is that uh, if you want to enter into the world of legal journalism one should start reading and writing a lot and uh, get it uh, checked by say your peers or your teachers so that it starts you can you get a sort of understanding like whether people are liking your writing skills or not. And it does not matter if uh, someone likes it or not, because ultimately, in the long run, you will get better each day. But uh, if people w- genuinely want into uh, want to get into legal journalism, they they should first check whether they like these kind these kind of things and whether they are ready to not work in a law firm and or not uh, practice individually. So because they will have to forego one of those opportunities, and they will also have to check whether uh, they want to remain in the media field in the long run. Because sometimes people come come uh, to the media field and then
0: uh, they may or may not like it. So one should have a long-term vision of anything. Yeah, and by writing, I think uh, write, starting participating in uh, research paper uh, competitions, like writing research papers and all, that will help them a lot, right?
1: yes research paper or in fact uh, these days the best platforms are undoubtedly blogs uh, in mm-hmm. fact i read i, I cannot uh, give a feedback to anyone like but whatever uh, i follow younger people more on linkedin because uh, one of my earlier bosses told me and that principle i follow a lot at least he followed this principle so what he said to me is that when you become a senior and when you hire a person Hire a person who is more smarter than you. That's how you come to know how the, like whom you are competing with the next generation and mm-hmm. how, uh, where you are lagging if you can better yourself. Because learning is a continuous process. So, uh, in fact, on LinkedIn also, I read a lot of uh, student uh, journal submissions and everything. But uh, I'll say uh, journal writing is a good thing, no doubt. Uh, If you get published in a good research journal, then there is nothing like that, like say Oxford or something, like a good reputed journal that adds to your CV a lot. But for uh, legal journalism, equally important is that you write a blog of your own. You write your own comments on a particular case within the... Uh, ambit that is allowed or within the limits like you cannot be like very sharp in your criticism because uh, you know how things are so mm. you can do a mild analysis of any particular judgment or uh, any particular uh, theme that is being uh, that is happening in the legal world so that's how you because see uh, after a point of time journalists, that are there they also write their own opinions. so that's called an opinion or a column in a newspaper so at that time you have to have your own views you cannot uh, persuade yourself by the views of others so you should have a standpoint of your own so if you say that a is good and b is bad then you should be able to justify why a is good and b is bad and to reach that stage you have to start early so that's how you should have an opinion. And I know lawyers are uh, very good at opinions because uh, that's how you succeed as a lawyer. That If you have an opinion that this thing is bad, then that's bad. And if it's good, it's good. So
0: that's how it works. Okay. Uh, so uh, would you recommend any courses or books for, you know, uh, young law students who are planning for, uh, you know, a career in legal journalism?
1: Uh, I'll say uh, one can start with... So there are a lot of uh, courses on writing or one can just start reading an article. Uh, There are no specific courses that come come up to my mind because uh, I am myself from a non-mass communications background. So I particularly Mm -hmm. don't know about if there is any... Or if there is even even any need to do any mass communication course. Although it's recommended and it's good because most of the best journalists from the... uh, journalism fraternity have a mascombe background that said uh, there are a lot of courses on uh, coursera uh, that give you a very basic understanding of how to write and it's not just legal journalism but how to write in general so how journalism works what's the history of journalism uh, how do you write things and uh, mostly what i'll say is uh, it's self-learning so you have to basically Do You can do these learning courses that are available on uh, Coursera or even LinkedIn Learning as some good courses on writing, but mostly uh, it's a skill that is inherent in you. You should uh, start writing and uh, take feedback. Nothing is better than that. So you can do n number of courses, but ultimately it comes up to you because that's a personal skill that is writing is a personal skill so and also uh, what i'll say is uh, the best way to start for a on a very limited scale is that uh, if you are in a college like uh, discuss a topic on uh, any particular day and ask uh, like like if you are a group of 3 to 4 like minded people discuss a topic and say that let's write a one page one page document on that the second day what you can do is do a peer review kind of a thing. Like you will view, review someone else's work, someone else will review your work and then take the feedback. And mm. if all of the four friends are part of a same group and you have a good understanding between yourself, then you can understand where you are lagging. And uh, the most important thing is one should learn to respect others' views. If you if you are not good at that and if you cannot take a critique, so there is a difference between like vague criticism and critique but uh, taking uh, feedback on your work is equally important.
0: Right. Right. Okay, so moving on to the last question we have, we we have always in our podcast episode is that uh, can you share any incident from your career which is very memorable to you?
1: Yeah, so I remember I started out as a, like as I told you at the start of the uh, interview that I have a very like zigzag career
0: mm.
1: and so i i started out initially in a private limited bank so it was a private bank i was working in a rural branch and it was my second day of work it was mm. literally my second day of work and this was back in 2012 so it was like 8 years back so mm. 2012 uh, it's my second day and our circle head that's a person who heads the entire state so our okay. circle head our circle head visits our branch And at that time, our branch was not doing that well when it comes to uh, certain parameters. So at that time, uh, it was a normal briefing that you have. Like if any of your senior visits uh, branch office, especially in banks. So they assess the branch on particular parameters. So uh, each and every employee had to basically explain his... uh, what he has done over a particular span of time. So, because it was my second day, so I had to uh, basically say something. You cannot be silent. And I was under pressure because that was my first job in my life. And someone of his stature comes up, he was the circle head. Like he was reporting directly to the CEO at that time. So he was that senior in the system. So when he came up, I just told him that, uh, sir, uh, I know this won't be a, Proper answer but uh, I'm just trying to learn because this is my second day at the job and then I told him something I don't remember exactly but I told him something so everything was done he they were happy happy chatting with everyone and then the person went away then my uh, branch manager or my boss called me in the office and then he said uh, like what did you do so I was quite worried because that was my second day of job, and I was like a bit uh, did I say something wrong or rude because fresh out of college you don 't know how to speak sometimes
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: so, so so I was afraid whether I did uh, something wrong, and to add to the funny aspect of that, he called uh, two of my colleagues also so it was a small branch, four to five people, so everyone was inside the cabin, and they were trying to uh, say like, Ki, bhai, tune kya kar diya?" So ultimately, mm-hmm. he said, uh, "You did a good job. This is how you should address your seniors. but for <laughs> a brief moment, for a brief moment, I was a bit afraid and that stayed with me because uh, uh, that was my first job, and that was a brief stint. Uh, I left that job for some other reasons, but uh, that was a memorable one because uh, it was a rural uh, banking role, and uh, you really learn a lot when you go in a bank in a rural area the kind of uh, adversities people face and there were a lot of issues and I was in an area which was like a arid, drought prone kind of an area so that 6-7 to seven months that I was there in that private bank that was a memorable one for me and this incident uh, stays with me a lot
0: so <laughs>
1: was,
0: uh, yeah nice one okay Roy thanks a lot for this wonderful conversation uh, and sharing your experience with us Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you like this episode, then you must also check out our other episodes available here. And also follow us here so that you don't miss any new episode. Thank you.